Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the House is returning to raise the debt limit. It doesn't appear to have any issues yet. Number two, the latest on the National Defense Authorization Bill. And number three, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's international platform. All right, Jake, we have been covering the twists and turns of the debt limit, and this appears to be potentially the least dramatic of the moments with the House set to return to pass raising the debt limit. Yeah, I mean, famous last words, right? Um, But it looks like at this point, as we sit here, you know, whatever, uh, Tuesday morning at five in the morning, that um, that the House is going to pass this debt limit with little friction. So it's, you know, it's a little too cute by half, I would say. Um, the um, the House is going to take up uh, a rule that governs debate for a whole host of legislation. Um, and that rule is going to also lift the debt limit. So it's a little bit of a sleight of hand, so to speak. I don't know why uh, uh, leadership. I mean, they're, they're hardly the only leadership to do this, but I don't know why leadership feels like this is like necessary to be so, um, so, uh, uh, tricky when it comes to raising the debt limit. It's still a vote to raise the debt limit. Um, so, uh, you know, the big question is Anna, of course, what's going to happen in December. Um, obviously December is the, uh, is when the debt limit is expires. Once again, we report this morning that there is some, some thought out there that the debt limit won't be reached until December or January now, middle of December or January. And what does that mean? Good question. I mean, could it effectively decouple the debt limit from the government funding fight? Something that was just coupled a couple weeks ago or last week rather with, uh, uh, the deal that Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer cut, uh, could be, might not be, but you know, again, uh, I know the White House doesn't like to hear this, but what a mess uh, uh, of a legislating climate for the House of Representatives and and the Senate as they get into the end of the year. Yeah, this seems to be kind of a minor blip along the way, of course, as you say, famous last words. But uh, it is going to be interesting to see how they kind of wrestle not only with this, but then kind of the larger issue of this, all of the things that are going to come into uh, focus here in the end of the year. I think in general, just also want to note, obviously, that the biggest issue that they're going to have on their plate right now and that I'm sure there's going to be a lot of members talking about is what happens with reconciliation with this kind of top line number. The speaker has put to forth that October 31st deadline for passing uh, the bipartisan infrastructure plan. That's not going to happen uh, unless there's the top line that is agreed upon. And she's already starting to really kind of push on that, Jake, right, in terms of trying to figure out how she's going to wrangle her members with this lower kind of overall top line number. What happens? What's the strategy? Is it everything just takes a whack? Or is it, as I think she wrote, you know, last night in a letter uh, to Democrats, this kind of new strategy around saying we need to, you know, kind of have a more targeted strategy when it comes to what is actually going to be included in that reconciliation package. Yeah, her view is do um, fewer programs the right way, which seems to be a not a horribly um, uh, controversial strategy, I would say. But um, 
there were two choices, right? You do more things with less money or less things with more money. The argument to do less, more things with less money is that once people have the benefits, they're less likely to go back on them. Meaning if you start a new program, people will like it and then they will, you know, um, they'll continue to, to, to demand it from their government. But, but I, I understand what Pelosi's doing here. Not surprising to me. This is how she had been signaling she was going. But like, let's be honest here. I don't understand how people think she's going to get this done or Pelosi and Schumer are going to get this done this month. We are halfway through the month. Congress doesn't return. The House doesn't return after today until the, until next week. I, I don't know how she's. they think they're going to get reconciliation returned, uh, reconciliation wrapped up until uh, this month, just given where they are, given where they're, how long they're going to be here. I, I just, I just don't see it. I, again, I think it's a, um, uh, a November, December story rather than an October story. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. When will the Senate take up the NDAA? As I'm sure most of our listeners remember, Congress has passed the National Defense Authorization Bill every year since 1961. It's one of the few things the institution does on a bipartisan basis, and it's a big deal. It, of course, sets Pentagon priorities and policy. And the question is, you know, with this timetable uh, clicking, quickly coming down in terms of the end of the year and all of the things we just talked about wanting and needing to get done by Democrats before the end of the year, it's really unclear when the Senate is going to actually take up the NDAA. Unclear to me, unclear to even the Senate, it seems. So, I mean, this sets Pentagon policy. This is a big deal. Um, this is not a uh, 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 activity that is academic in nature. This is a real this is just a, a, a real um, a real problem that that Congress needs to solve. Um, no idea when it's going to get done. They don't want to get into some messy discussions about vaccine mandates and other sorts of um, uh, you know Pentagon policies that are not easy to solve. I mean, and that that I think we could we could say for sure because um, those will come up in 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 reconciliation. And sorry, in the NDAA. God, my mind is so is so clouded with reconciliation at this point that I can't get it off of my mind. Um, so it, it just opens up a Pandora's box of tough issues, and um, I could imagine the leadership not wanting to get into it. It would make sense to me. So um, again, this is something else that will be thrown on the plate at the end of the year, thrown into the mix, um, and uh, complicates the end-of-the-year calculus that it now includes NDAA, government funding, debt limit, reconciliation, and infrastructure, which is just... I mean, just when, a few small items before yeah, the end of the I year. Yeah, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, so anyway, that's kind of... Um, that. That's just a lot of issues to take care of. Buckle up. It is going to be a wild fall. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning at Trendline, which I actually thought was pretty interesting. Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the world. So speakers of the House often become national global figures. It's not that surprising. They're kind of treated abroad as quasi heads of state, uh, getting their rings kissed by foreign leaders at home in the Capitol. But man, Pelosi, the California Democrat, in what many expect to be her uh, last year as in last term as speaker has been doing quite a bit of globe trotting huh yeah she was in in the united kingdom in london she was in um uh, a couple a couple weeks ago she uh was just got back from italy and portugal where she met with heads of state and spoke at um at uh at 
international forums. Today, she'll meet with the uh, Israeli foreign minister, Yair Lapid, who is also um, going to be in a he's in a power sharing agreement with with uh, uh, the current prime minister, Naftali Bennett. So somebody who will be prime minister of Israel at some point, theoretically, Um you know, Pelosi, I would say Pelosi probably more than anyone, Anna, is a global figure. She's been a leader on things like climate change and all sorts of stuff for the last 30 years. So I think she's um, she's also, you know, she's somebody who has a t- has just a, a, a big profile on the national and international stage. Um, so, yeah, but it is very interesting given we're not saying it's her last term. She has said it's her last term. She has not backed off of that. Um, so uh, it is interesting given that dynamic. All right. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also share The Daily Punch. It's the best way for other folks to hear about us. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.